here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are going to give you our week 14 starts and sits. And this week is one of those buy-mageddon weeks. It's the last bye week of the season. And the NFL decided to uh, put a lot of a lot of teams in there that that maybe don't affect so much the NFL, but fantasy-wise. You're definitely going to need some help, to say the least, to maybe get you over the hump, get you in the playoffs this week. Uh, You're looking at six teams, Uh, Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, those Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, and Washington Commanders. All six teams are on a bye this week. There's a lot of players that are going to be not a factor, and and they got you this far, and for maybe this make-or-break week, they're not there. We're going to give you our start sits, which we feel are going to get you over the hump. Uh, again, maybe a player that's already in your roster and you were debating on starting them. Uh, again, we talk about waiver wire in a previous episode, so hopefully you pick some of those guys up. But, Pat, we're going to see what happens, um, let alone mention what our head-to-head battle looks like. So where do we stand when it comes to that? Well... Last week was uh, a pretty good week for both of us. You still have one player to go tonight. Jawan Johnson was your tight end start of the week, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, Right now, coming into this game tonight, you were four correct, five wrong on your start sets this last week, Uh, of course, pending that Jawan Johnson uh, tonight. So if he he gets some points for you, you'll be five and five on the week. I actually ended up, Seven and three. And like I said last week, it's one of those weird things where I ended up with a better start sit record than you. But somehow you were ahead five to four coming into tonight. Now, Jawan Johnson needs to score more than 13 points or else it'll be five five. But if he does score more than 13, you're going to take a six to four lead, even though you only got five of your start sits right. And I got seven, which is weird. I know. But that's the way these head to head things work. Right now, uh, Juwan Johnson officially out tonight. I thought I saw that, and I wanted to double check it. So Oof. I will take the L. Uh, yeah. Well, you can still change them. We're here. I mean, we're here. I've been there. Oh I'm well. The what do you want? I mean, well, you got talking, two options. Let me, let me scramble <laughs> and see what I'm doing. Uh, how about the Taysom Hill? Uh, yeah, let's just roll the dice with the position based on the matchup. And I will. Oh, Hill's definitely going to get you more than 13. He's going to have a huge game watch. Don't ruin it. But yeah, uh, let's just go with uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, Taysom Hill for the win. <laughs> Coming into tonight's game with one game left, obviously, this week, or one player left this week, I'm ahead 66 to 60. Again, we have the three draws in there. So um, got you by six. Uh, again, depending on what Taysom Hill does tonight. Could be five, could be seven. We will see moving forward. Real quick, before we get into our start sits for week 14, just want to throw our socials out there real quick. We are both on Twitter. We are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. You can also check out our website if you'd like. That website address is www.thenineroutefb.com. You can also email the show with any questions, comments, concerns. 
And that email address is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. So since you are ahead in the head to head, I am going to give you the honor of going first or second this week. Mm. Tough decision, I know. Yeah. You know what? Um, since our hometown Philadelphia Eagles are 11 and 1 in the spirited tradition, I will take the ball in the second half. Sir, you may go first. <laughs> in the second half. Okay. I got you. So you're gonna call your you're gonna do your sits first? Is that what you're saying? Or maybe just hey, I'll I'll go backwards. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Totally fine. No, let's not get let's not make this confusing. we we struggle doing this enough when we know the rules. Start sits. All right, so I'll start with my quarterback start of the week. I'm going with Kirk Cousins versus the Detroit Lions. Captain Kirk hasn't been great for fantasy so far this year. But he hasn't been terrible either. Overall fantasy points, he ranks as the 15th best quarterback, and he's 18th so far in fantasy points per game. Despite having arguably the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson, Cousins only has 18 touchdown passes this season, and his nine interceptions are the fifth highest in the league. Luckily, this week he gets to face the Detroit Lions, who are the worst defense versus the quarterback position in fantasy football. They give up two and a half more fantasy points per game than the next worst team, which is the Raiders. And they're bottom eight in every defensive passing category, pretty much in the league. If you've been holding on to Cousins for this long, this is your reward. Even though his personal numbers aren't the best, he's leading the Vikings to the playoffs, and he could do the same for your fantasy team this week if you put him in your lineup against the Detroit Lions. My quarterback start of the week, and I said I was going to roll with him for the rest of the year, and I will do that because it looks like the Jets are going to do that with Mike White. They showed some images of the team getting ready to get on the plane, uh, <laughs> you know, coming off of, you know, they, they didn't win the game, sure, but, you know, and Mike White did qualify me for, you know, uh, you know, a win for this week based off of points. But that the team basically had these like Mike bleep and white shirts on. And, and that's ha- kind of how I feel. If the team's going to rally around a quarterback like that, while you have a first round pick sitting on the bench because he's petulant and not good. That to me is just total, you know, the red flags come up. He's probably going to end up being their starter. They won't announce it this year. They'll move off Zach Wilson. He's a trade candidate, all that stuff. Uh, I, I won't be surprised if that happens. Mike White this week gets the Buffalo Bills. You know what? Yeah, you're going to say, oh, well, uh, number seven against the quarterback. Uh, Last two weeks, 26. So leaking oil, yes. Going up against some high-powered offenses, a little bit. They've given up 564 yards, five touchdowns, and no picks in the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Mike White. This is a division matchup. This is a game that the Jets, if they play their cards right, can really put a stamp on the fact that they are a factor, not just a team, but a factor in that division, which has three to potentially four, but the Patriots look like they're fading, but three potential AFC playoff teams that are in contention. Mike White, I will start him this week, whether it's garbage time with a lot of points, but I feel like he's actually going to have a potential to win this football game. Mike White against Buffalo. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to go with White again, but uh, I, I, yeah, the, the Bills have definitely been a little bit uh, 
not bills like in recent weeks. Uh, yeah, a couple no other ke- no ketchup to speak. No ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other quick streaming options. <clears throat> if uh, if Mike White, Kirk Cousins isn't available in your league, a couple other guys that I uh, I think are going to have decent games as well. Jared Goff in that same game versus Kirk yes. Cousins I was actually thinking about making him my start of the week, but I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit more confident in Kirk, in Cousins to to do well. Trevor Lawrence and Ryan Tannehill in their matchup, Tennessee versus Jacksonville. I think that could also be a fairly high-scoring game. Tennessee runs the ball extremely well, but it's one of those games that uh, if if these teams are scoring, generally the ball ends up being thrown a little bit more than people expect. So I I like those guys as sneaky plays this week as well. I'm going to move on to my start of the week at the running back position. I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman versus the Seattle Seahawks. I really wanted to pick on the Texans again this week, but they kind of did me dirty last week with my Kareem Hunt pick. I missed out on the uh, the head-to-head there. He did okay, but not enough to to get me a, a win in our head-to-head matchup. Plus, the Texans are playing the Cowboys, and I think that anyone who has Zeke or Tony Pollard on their roster is pretty much starting them, so couldn't really use either of those guys as my start of the week. Maybe could have thrown Pollard in there, but I, I kind of felt like that was cheating. So this week, I'm going to pick on the second worst matchup at the running back position, the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are giving up the third most rushing touchdowns, the fourth most rushing yards, and the fifth most yards per attempt in the NFL. And Foreman has been good in certain spots this year, and those spots tend to be against teams that are bad against the running back position. In games where he has at least 15 opportunities, Foreman has double-digit fantasy points in all of those games. I think if the Panthers are going to compete with Seattle on this one, they're going to have to control the ball, play good defense. And they've shown that they can do that. They're a good defensive team. And I think as well as Geno Smith and Seattle has been playing, I don't necessarily consider them like a super high-powered offense. I think they're taking advantage of good situations. And I think this situation against Carolina could be a little bit difficult for them. The Panthers are averaging losing games by just under three points per game. And so I think Foreman is going to be critical to their success against the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a close game. I think both teams are going to run the ball. Hopefully, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker will be back and and we'll be able to see both explosive running backs in this game. But either way, I think both of these teams are are going to need to run the ball. And I like Foreman a lot against this Seattle defense. Well, for my team, I hope you're right for you. I hope you're wrong. Uh, Yeah, uh, another running back there that I think is probably going to be the better of the two choices compared to Dante Foreman. I like, we talked about Cam Akers. Uh, This week, he he had a very nice game. He had 60 yards, two touchdowns, 17 carries. They're basically like, you know, we had previously said, and I I know, Pat, you talked about it. They're kind of like auditioning. They have Kieran Williams out of Notre Dame, the rookie. They already got rid of Daryl Henderson, so they might be saying, hey, you want to be the guy? Here's your shot. We have nothing to lose. Our passing offense is trash right now. We're going to try to win games or be in games by running the football. That being said, uh, has a nice matchup against those Las Vegas Raiders who do not play defense. They are uh, the third worst defense against the running back position. So I like Cam Akers to be, uh, you know, a potential uh, top 10 
maybe top five, you know, depending on how those games go. Those are two teams that are really out of it. So they're just going to, it's going to be a bum fight. And that's sometimes those garbage games is where your guy really kills it. You know, he's a top 10 running back this week in our league. Obviously you still have one game to play as we're recording this episode. So Cam Akers, I, I think he's got top five potential if they play the offense the same way they did this week. All right. My wide receiver start of the week I'm going to go with Zay Jones versus the Miami Dolphins. Jones can be very hit or miss, but this week versus the Tennessee Titans, who just got lit up by Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles passing attack last week, I think he's in store for a big game. The Titans have been very good against the run this year, but are the worst team versus the wide receiver position in fantasy football. They give up a little over 41 fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position in PPR scoring. And it's mostly outside receivers, which is where Jones plays. His snap counts also dictate that he's going to be involved on almost every offensive play. And he's going to be a consistent target for Trevor Lawrence in a game that, like I said earlier, could end up being a little bit higher scoring than people think. Uh, I think, again, with the, like I said, with the Trevor Lawrence start, with the Ryan Tannehill start, I do think that if Traylon Burks comes back and, and clears concussion protocol, that these teams could throw the ball a little bit more than we think, especially on the Jacksonville side of the ball, because Tennessee, like I said, has been really good at stopping the run. So Jacksonville is going to have to air it out and, and throw the ball to uh, to stay in this game. And uh, and I think they're going to do that. And I think, I think all of the receivers are going to have a good game. But I think Zay Jones is probably the one. I think everybody's starting Christian Kirk most likely. And then Zay Jones is like you're on the fence guy. But I, I do think you can start him this week versus the Titans. So this guy's not a stretch, uh, again, to be a true start. But, you know, for some people, they've been maybe a little down, expect it more. Wide receiver 22 on the season kind of coming into this week. Uh, in our league of record, uh, Debo Samuel. And I wasn't the biggest fan coming into, I think it was last season when we, we first started the podcast. And, you know, he has shown his ability to be that guy to take over games and, and really be effective both as, you know, he, he doesn't want to be out of the backfield, but, you know, dual threat athlete, the whole thing, a football player. I'd want him on my team and I'd want to start him this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where this is going to be a, a crazy game, I feel like. Over the last couple of weeks, obviously, Debo coming into this week is finally starting to show that he's got that ability. He's been a top 15 wide receiver. You have Brock Purdy, who is obviously going to be your starter for this week. And you'd say, okay, you know, well, hey, he's probably going to look for familiar faces and, and people he knows who can handle doing that job. Christian McCaffrey, yes, he's going to do that. In the game against Miami where he came in for Garoppolo, McCaffrey had eight catches on 10 targets, 80 yards and a touchdown. Also 10 targets, six catches for 58 yards, Debo Samuel. It looks like Purdy's going to be that guy. And, and I know you said it, Pat, where he had that command of the huddle. He looks like he's going to be maybe a decent starter for them, maybe more. He's going to look for the guys that are going to get him home. I feel like Debo and his and the rest of that team, I think they're going to have a big win over Tampa Bay. I think Debo Samuel's got the potential for, again, top 10 wide receiver ability. And I think maybe Brock Purdy could become a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about, about Brock Purdy. I think, you know, again, 
I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in the league, but the reason that I liked him coming into this playoff stretch was because of guys like Debo, guys like McCaffrey, IU, Kittle. There's there's weapons there, so I think that uh, I think that any of them could do well, and I, I think it's an even bigger bump to Brock Purdy's fantasy, you know, perhaps relevance. So again, this, that's part of the reason why we said in our waiver wire episode, and you know why I said specifically that I was picking him up in some leagues because. I don't, I don't think you have to be a great quarterback to score fantasy points. I mean, it's, it, we've seen it before. You just have to be able to get the ball into the right guy's hands and let them go to work, and, and the 49ers do that. So definitely a good pick there with Debo. I think he's one of the guys that everybody's starting either way. He's not a guy that uh, that you're putting on your bench. But with the quarterback change, yeah, yeah I could see people wanting to to maybe you know wait a game, see how things shake out. But uh but you have yeah, the confidence those, to put him in your lineup now. Th- those people that maybe went wide receiver heavy and yeah, he, you know, they have three options and stuff like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. But my big thing is that again, Purdy finished quarterback 15 and Tampa Bay with a good defense that, you know, does leak some oil at times They're They don't have a book on them. So I feel like that, yeah, for him to be able to just say, Hey, I don't care. I'm just throwing to guys, whoever's open. He's that guy in that huddle. Like, yo man, give me the ball. I got you. Sure, you know, he's going to be that guy. But I do think Debo, I think I think Purdy has top 10 potential for this week. You know, it could be yeah. one of those guys that just, like you said, he gets hot. Nobody knows about him. They're, they're underrating him. And, and with that defense, that's the other thing. If they dictate good field position, he mm-hmm. might throw for under 200 yards. He might hit Debo for three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? It's like one of those, one of those setups where you just don't know what you're walking into with this game. Yeah, and teams tend to blitz rookies a lot more uh just due to the fact that you know they want to they want to make a game that's already fast for them even faster and make them make decisions even faster mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that turns out to to you know be a great move but sometimes if guys are ready for it if they're expecting it and they know where to go with the ball i mean it could be a really really big week for brock purdy if you know tampa bay starts blitzing and and leaving their cornerbacks who you know haven't been playing well this year have been injured start leaving them out on an island with guys like Ayuk and Debo and, you know, even Christian McCaffrey, you know, you mm-hmm. blitz and then you throw a, uh, you know, a screen pass, a running back screen against the blitz. It always works well. So it could be a very, very big week for, for all of them. I got sidetracked there, but definitely something that I felt like we need to talk about because, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be scared, you know, off of, you know, San Francisco players this week, but I'm not, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't feel like they're really, yeah, there's a little bit of a drop off, but, but not enough for me to not start any of the the top options in the San Francisco offense. No, and and quick, quick with that too. I think Kittle is more of a blocker to protect, and 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 an occasional safety valve type of guy. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that he's going to step up to that point where again, I I really think he's got like top five potential if if things click for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so for my tight end start of the week. I'm going with Gerald Everett again. Everett hasn't been putting up <laughs> gaudy fantasy numbers, but he's still a top 10 tight end in fantasy football this year. And he has all the physical tools to blow up in pretty much any game. And this matchup against the Dolphins is a really good one for him. Miami's the third worst team versus the tight end position given up just over 15 fantasy points per game. And the Chargers might be without Mike Williams again this week. Very possible that he is, misses another week. So, if that's the case, that's that's even more targets going Everett's way. I know he hasn't been a guy who is like single-handedly winning you weeks or anything like that, 
but he's also not the reason that you're losing. If that's, if he's been in your lineup, I think you can keep firing up Everett pretty much every game till the end of the season. The chargers have great matchups for tight ends uh, pretty much from here on out. So Everett is a guy, if not that he's available in many leagues, but if he is available, great, great pickup and a great streaming option getting you into and through the playoffs as he's got a lot of good matchups. A guy that some people might be a little suspect based on current matchups, but I love the revenge factor of this. So does AJ Brown. <laughs> we, we saw what happened there. Yeah. Uh, and I was never big on the guy, uh, you know, per se, but TJ Hawkinson of the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Uh, against the Detroit Lions. The last two weeks, the Lions coming into this week were the second best defense against the tight end position. I know it's a little, uh, what are you talking about? It was also matchup based and, and things of that nature. They are still uh, a defense that gives up points. To me, overall, I feel like this is going to be just that. It's a division matchup. It's a guy who wants to prove that, hey, you know, you should have had me more involved. You should have done this. You should have, would have, could have. Could go the other way. Yeah, you know, Detroit knows how he plays, and they may know how to cover him and what gets under his skin and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to be busy chasing, like, you know, Justin Jefferson around and Dalvin Cook and, Suddenly, a guy like him gets six catches for 70 yards and maybe a touchdown. Again, monster week for you. That's probably top five tight end potential, again, with all the bye weeks factored in. But the revenge factor alone, I'll just take that juicy bit. I'll eat my popcorn and watch that happen. Uh, I won't actually I'll catch the highlights. But T.J. Hawkinson <laughs> this week uh, against his old team, the Detroit Lions, uh, will be a top 10, possibly top five tight end. Yeah, they've been good against the tight end because they haven't faced Hawkinson. He's been on their team for most of the season. Yeah, right. Yeah, he of the <laughs> what, he, what he put up like a fifty point game. They gave him all those points for the season, but one, yeah, but, yeah, but no. In, in that offense, clicking. I mean, I know he's still getting kind of he's getting everything underneath him and, and starting to figure out what goes on. But this could be that week where they just look to do again. They may look at the Eagles game and say, "Hey, look, they just fed this guy the ball, and he said it wasn't a big deal. It's not a big game." And he came out and was like, "Damn right, it was a big game." Same mm-hmm. thing, you know, if, if a team yeah, gives up on these guys, yeah, if they give up on you now, it's different. If it was mutual and he said, Hey, look, you know, um, it wasn't like he was getting phased out by a guy behind him, they have nobody else, and he had been looked at as, yeah, a potential top five tight end for years to come. Suddenly, they trade him in the division, which still, I know, Pat, that's got to blow you away. It's like, yeah, you don't why see would that you, very often. Be, you know, you know, we're, we're Eagles fans. You'd be like, yeah, we traded Miles Sanders to the Dallas Cowboys because of a first round pick. It's like, but why, what, what, why? Like, just, <laughs> it's just such a bad taste. And it'd be like one of your buddies getting with your ex girlfriend. It just doesn't work <laughs> out for anybody. And then you're just like, what the hell's going on? But no, mm. at the end of the day, it's just, Again, I, I love I just love the revenge factor. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but that's my pick of the week for tight end. I don't like it as much as I like Gerald Everett, but it's a good pick. Eh, whatever. Uh, a couple other quick streaming options because we stopped doing the uh, the waiver wire tight ends. So a couple other options that I like this week at tight end: Hunter Henry versus Arizona. Arizona is the worst team versus the tight end position in fantasy football. Tyler Higby versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are terrible against the tight end position, give up a ton of points. Uh, I think this could be a high-scoring game against the Rams, strangely enough. 
And Trey McBride versus New England. New England's actually the fourth worst team versus the tight end position. And uh, I think he could be a sneaky play. It's, he's not somebody I'm super confident in, but if you're playing DFS, he, he could be a cheap option that could uh, put a touchdown or two up on the board. Uh, you know, New England spending all their time uh, trying to guard DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride sneaks in a, a couple of uh, short touchdown passes. I could see that happening. And one more, Foster yeah. Moreau, Las yeah. Vegas. Uh, he's last four weeks, he's a top 10 tight end, and they're going up against a team in the Rams. We talk, you know, talk about, I'm sorry, the Chargers talking about the, uh, right? No, Chargers. it's the Rams. The Rams, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, yeah, the other LA team. Yeah. Uh, it, in one the of last two weeks, doesn't matter. It, they both <laughs> suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. In the last couple of weeks, the Rams have been the second worst team. Uh, albeit on the season, they may have stats, but over the last couple of weeks, they've given up 15 catches on 21 targets for 166 yards and two touchdowns against the yeah. tight end position. So there's a, there's a guy, as Collinsworth would say, um, <laughs> who has potential, yeah, to like be that guy for you. Uh, they get targeted to position seven times in the red zone, four goal to go. Uh, maybe I should have changed my pick, Pat. <laughs> right. I talk myself in and out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, listen, there's always more than one option. You got to, I mean, I, I don't just go with the first one I find either. So let's move on to our defensive starts of the week. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the streaming options uh, ahead of time on this one and then give you my, my start of the week. Uh, I like Las Vegas versus the Rams in that game as well. I think that the Rams are just that bad. They, they could potentially fall apart and uh, Seattle versus Carolina, Carolina's offense again with Sam Darnold back there. Yeah, he, he he can tend to be a little turnover prone, so I think that could be a game where Seattle could could force some turnovers, get some sacks, things of that nature against a uh, a pretty rough offense. I haven't really had a good go of it this year. But my start of the week this week is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos, and my analysis is the Broncos are just bad, and that's pretty much it. How oh, and the bad Chiefs, are they? <laughs> and the Chiefs are coming off a tough loss. To the Bengals, which I'm yeah. sure they are not happy about, and I think um, Denver is in for a rough one in this one. My defensive start of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, another division matchup. You just had the Chiefs against Denver. I got Pittsburgh against the Baltimore Ravens. They started out the year with a nice big game and then fell off. TJ Watt is really the factor. Now that he's back over the last two weeks, they were uh, eighth and then now, fifth best defense. You're going against Baltimore. It's going to be a muck and grind division game. And now you have Tyler Huntley as your starter. Again, who is a competent starter, but it's not Lamar Jackson. So they're still going to game plan, but I think it's going to be a much tighter game. And I think Baltimore, just like they eked out a win against that crappy Denver team, like you just talked about <laughs> in a in a shootout of 10 to 9, is going to turn around and really kind of put it to them. I think the Steelers win handily. And the biggest thing is because they really shut down that Baltimore offense that is missing, you know, pound for pound, the best player, most dynamic player uh, in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I had them as uh, one of the other defenses that you could start, but I didn't want to steal your thunder. So, oh, well, but I, I agree with that one. I, I definitely think Pittsburgh has been. So in- we concur on the streamers. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> they've been uh, they've been lamented as being really bad against the Panthers in total, like for the year. Like you said, a lot of that happened when TJ Watt was out, and now he's back. Their defense is almost 
completely night and day different. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. this week as well. All right, so let's move on to our sits. I am going to sit Tom Brady versus the San Francisco 49ers. As of this recording, the Bucks haven't played their Monday night game yet versus the Saints. But even on a points-per-game basis, Brady has not been good this year. He's the 19th quarterback and has thrown multiple touchdown passes in only three games so far this year. And those three games were all versus good quarterback matchups. The Bucks face 49ers defense just shut down top five offense NFL in the Miami Dolphins and won pretty convincingly with third string rookie quarterback in for most of the game. With the loss of Jimmy G, 49ers are going to have to lean on the defense even more for the rest of the season, and that's not good news for a struggling Tampa Bay offense. He is completely off my streaming radar this week. Would not want to pick him up or start him even if he was available. Good call. Uh, quarterbacks. Um yeah, uh, you know, some people might think that they need to get this guy involved. He he has potential, but not this week. Not, like you say, as a streaming option or, you know, as a top 10, 15 quarterback in the league. Daniel Jones going up against a tough division matchup against what is pound for pound the best defense against the quarterback in the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, Jones gives you that dual threat ability of, being able to pass, uh, you know, throw some touchdowns. And again, their wide receiving core has been beat up. I mean, Saquon's still a factor, so we can get him involved. But overall, like, it, it's just not going to happen. He might break a long run during the game as a scramble, sure. You know, and we watched him trip up over himself against the Eagles, you know, <laughs> in, in the past. At the same time, it's just a bad matchup. So Daniel Jones, if you were thinking about using him this week as a bye week fill in for any of your guys that are out or injured, uh, stay away. Uh, my sit of the week running back position is going to be Damian Pierce versus the Dallas Cowboys. Pierce had a really stretch from weeks three to 10 where he was a top 20 running back every single week. But since then, he has finished as a top 20 option only once and has seemingly been game scripted out of two of the Texans' last three. This week, the Texans faced the a Cowboys team put up 122 points in the last three weeks while only giving up 42 points. This game doesn't feel like a, a bad game script for Pierce. I'm not really sure what would. If the Dallas defense continues to play as well as they have, the Texans have no chance in this one, and I don't see Pierce having much room or opportunities to run in this game uh, as much as I hate credit to the Dallas Cowboys. Their defense has been absolutely outstanding and has been really good versus the running back position, mostly because their offense points and you can't really run. You have to, you're kind of forced into pass against them. So unless Pierce becomes a, you know, more of a pass catching option out of the backfield, he really hasn't you know, been all, all, a whole lot this year. Uh, I just see, uh, you know, unless they get a couple of like goal line carries or, you can get a couple of touchdowns. I'm not. I'm not. That. I'm not banking on the score many points against this Dallas defense that you know just gave up two points in the last three games combined. I just. I don't see it happening. So my running back sit of the week is James Conner. He's going up against the New England Patriots. Now he has been pretty solid for the last three, four weeks. Uh, obviously coming out of a bye week, so. You think, yeah, they're ready to roll. You know, they're going to game plan and 
I'm not big on the Arizona offense and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and all that crap. They're going up against the New England Patriots, who last two weeks, best defense against a running back. Last four weeks, best defense against a running back. For the season, second best defense behind San Francisco against a running back. James Conner, you're going to want to look for a better option. Now, again, there's some choppiness, obviously, with different bye weeks out there. And and we're not talking about taking a backup by any stretch, but this is one where you might want to dig deep and find somebody on your bench. I know, Pat, like you have a Donta Foreman as a guy that is your start of the week. I went with Cam Akers. These are guys that you probably wouldn't normally think to start, but you might want to plug in. Uh, a Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, however you look at them, uh, on the Jets. Again, if these guys are waiver wire, you definitely want to go with it. And, and even a team like like Cleveland, where Nick Chubb is obviously RB1, but Kareem Hunt has points enough to be an RB1 sometimes based on usage. Uh, I think you definitely want to look at something like that because James Conner, if he gets five points this week, I'm really going to be surprised. Strange that you say that you bring up Deontay Foreman's name, my start of the week. I actually have both of those guys on one of my rosters. And as of right now, I have Foreman in and Conner out. Uh, yeah, I still have a flex Smart option. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, that, it's definitely it's going to be, you know, I have some, I have a pretty good roster. So it's, it's, Connor is definitely down there on the list uh, as far as guys that I want to play this week. So definitely agree with that call. My sit of the week at the wide receiver position, even though I had my picks in first, I am going to piggyback off of you here with the Daniel Jones sit and also sit Darius Slayton. <laughs> Slayton has become without a doubt, the number one wide receiver in the giants offense. Unfortunately this week he goes up against an Eagles defense that has essentially shut down opposing wide receivers with their two outstanding quarterbacks. The Eagles are the fifth best versus the wide receiver position, giving up just uh, under 30 points per game total to the wide receiver position in fantasy points per game. And that's P- that's full PPR for 30 points. And that's, you know, like I said, spread out between two, three, four wide receivers. And the last time that Slayton faced Slay, which was last season, he had one catch on five targets for seven yards, (laughs) even though he played 80% of the snaps in that game. So uh, I do think this game will be close, uh, believe it or not. I know that, uh, you know, I think the Eagles are already a six and a half point favorite. And I think that line is probably going to move. But uh, I do think it's going to be close which means more Saquon Barkley and less Giants passing offense. The Giants do not want to get into an offensive shootout in this game with Philadelphia. They need to play really good defense, need to run the ball, and they need to avoid turnovers. And I think the best way for the Giants to do that and actually have a chance in this game is to not let Daniel Jones throw too much. And, you know, obviously the less you throw, the less your wide receivers are involved. So I would be – uh, making other plans for Darius Slayton. As much as I think that he's a good pickup and, and does have some good matchups down the stretch, this is not one of them, and I would definitely look for another option this week. Yep, on that, I guess we kind of agree based on our concepts. Uh, yeah, uh, my wide receiver sit of the week is going to be that Juju Smith-Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs. it's kind of dried up a little bit for Juju. You know, he's had some, some decent games and, you know, he had about a month ago, almost to the day, you're looking at 10 catches on 12 targets for uh, 88 yards against Tennessee in 
an overtime win for Juju Smith-Schuster. Last couple of weeks, though, hasn't been as plentiful, uh, albeit, you know, had a concussion issue and then had a bye week. But on the last two weeks, he's got six catches, seven targets for uh, 70 three yards, no touchdowns. I mean, they spread the ball out a lot. Travis Kelsey is always going to be that option as wide receiver one on that team. And, you know, again, Pat Mahomes is not scared to throw the football to the open receiver. And as bad as the Denver Broncos are, you know, they have Patrick Sertain Jr. They have a very good defense against the wide receiver position where, you know, on the season, they are the second best and then sliding in, you know, they, they've leaked some oil here and there, but this does not look like a good matchup for Juju. Uh, I think you could find a better guy on your bench. You could find a better guy on the waiver wire. He's not worthy of a start this week. Again, Kansas City should roll, but it won't be because of him. If anything, it'll be Kelsey. It'll be the running backs. Juju has a shot at a touchdown, but for him to put up, you know, 25 points, not going to happen. 15 points, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he gets about six or seven points for you. Well, I hope you're wrong because I need him in a couple of my leagues. But uh, Sorry, bud. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. That that Broncos matchup is tough. Yeah. All right. At the tight end position, uh, I'm going to sit Tyler Conklin this week. Conklin's stock has slowly been rising again with the Jets' decision to start Mike White at quarterback. And I do like him the rest of the season. If you're streaming at the tight end position, I think you should definitely pick him up and stash him. He has four really good matchups throughout the fantasy playoffs. But this week, I think you're going to want to look elsewhere. The Bills are tough versus every position, but they're especially tough versus tight ends. They're the sixth hardest matchup for tight ends. They only give up about nine and a half PPR points per game to the position because they have some of the best cover linebackers and safeties in the NFL. And the Jets showed last week that Mike White isn't necessarily the answer at QB. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's better than Zach Wilson, but the Jets' offense is still the weaker side of the ball for that team. And moving the ball and scoring points isn't an easy task versus Buffalo. Uh, I do like Tyler Conklin a lot, like I said, moving forward. But this week... Just, just going to be a tough one for them uh, against the Buffalo Bills in that matchup for you know what could potentially be first place in the division. I mean, if the Jets win and uh, the Dolphins lose, which is conceivable to the Chargers, uh, that's a three-way tie for first in the division, and things could get real interesting come down the stretch if that happens. But I do think that uh, it's a tough matchup this week against the Bills. All right. Tight end, sit of the week for me, Noah Fant. Seattle Seahawks going up against the Carolina Panthers. Again, not maybe a lock start for a lot of people, possibly even waiver wire for some, or maybe you carry that two tight end and you stream the better option every week. That's how we're looking at it. Going up against the Carolina Panthers, which you might say, yeah, whatever. They have a good defense and they have a pretty solid linebacking core. And at the end of the day, They're basically been a top 10 to top five defense against the tight end position pretty much all season. Seattle is going to look for other ways to exploit the Carolina Panthers, which isn't going to be hard, but at the same time, they're going to do it through the air for the most part. And obviously if they, uh, the issue with Kenneth Walker does kind of maybe play in with stuff, even if he does play or if it's DJ Dallas and, and a little bit of a mishmash of stuff, that's one thing, but Noah Fant to me is 
just not going to get it done this week. He's going to be pass protection. He's going to be blocking. He's had a couple decent games this season, but overall he's only had three double-digit point games. Uh, this past week he had a touchdown, which pushed him over the hump. But other than that, yeah, I, I just don't see this guy getting you home this week. Again, he, he might get you uh, points at the position, but if you're expecting more than five points in a tight game, he is not the guy to go with at the tight end position this week. All right, and for my defensive sit of the week, I'm going to go with those New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. As you can probably tell, I'm not in on the Jets this week. Not only is it Buffalo a tough defense to play against, but they're also one of the toughest offenses to stop in the NFL. They're the seventh toughest team versus opposing defenses in fantasy football, giving up just five fantasy points per game to the position. Even with Josh Allen having more turnovers this year than usual, the Bills are still the third highest scoring team in the league and can pretty much drop 40 on any team if their offense is clicking. The Jets did pretty well, scoring 12 fantasy points in their first meeting back in week nine. But, you know, just because you stayed on the bull one time doesn't mean it's safe to ride it again. <laughs> uh, I love that, by the way. That was awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll finish up quick with my defensive sit of the week. And, and I feel like it's because they don't have a a playbook yet on the guy. You're going up against a, a running back and Christian McCaffrey, who has his most career touchdowns against you. Seven career touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Tampa Bay defense, sorry. You're just not going to get it done. A little bit of a short week won't help that factor as all at all. But I think they're going to do a little more sit back and watch and see what happens. Obviously, San Fran's defense is going to dictate a lot on the other side of the ball. But at the end of the day, I think Tampa Bay's defense, where normally they're a, a lock start, it's not going to happen this week. I think surprisingly, they're not going to put up numbers. They may not get a lot of their side points, maybe special teams, but even that won't be a factor. Now, at the end of the day, Buccaneers are going to be outside the top 10 or 12 when it comes to fantasy defenses for this week. Uh, five points, four points, maybe, but... Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening, ironically, against Brock Purdy and those San Francisco 49ers. All right, well, that is going to do it for our starts and sits this week. Uh, hopefully, the extra streaming options that we gave you uh, help. If you get these players that we're starting that we're telling you to start, they are not in uh, available in your league. Hopefully, some of the other streaming options are available. You can get some of these guys into your lineup. Hopefully they help push you into the playoffs. That's what the goal is here. That's what our goal is to help you get into your fantasy playoffs and, and eventually win it. So uh, again, just real quick, we are at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco on Twitter. We are also at the nine route FFB at gmail.com. If you'd like to email us, you can also check out our website at www.thenineroutefb.com. And real quick before we go, we want to thank Mickey's Portacol Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it. Great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. Scott, uh, looking forward here to, uh, to you making this a little bit tighter of a battle. I'm kind of hoping that Taysom Hill pulls this out tonight because uh, – you know, this is, I don't, I don't, I want to beat you. I don't want to blow you away. I want it to be interesting coming into the last yeah. season. I mean, here. And it'll be interesting if Taysom Hill pulls it out on national TV. I mean, to me, that would be, uh, that'd be huge, but 
even though nobody will hear this until <laughs> after yeah. the game is already over. Two weeks ago <laughs> when Taysom Hill helped me win the week. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. No, I, I, yeah, you don't want it to be cruise control like that. And, and again, it'll keep, uh, keep us going and keep something to talk about. And again, those listening out there, uh, hopefully you enjoy our little uh, head-to-head. You get the concepts. I'm sure you have that person in your league that you – you know, your best friend or your buddy that you're always looking to get one over, or you do a side bet, you know, you do some cash or you do some beer, you do whatever, uh, yard work, whatever you got to do to make that work. Uh, We appreciate everybody out there for listening, liking, subscribing on Apple podcast on Podbean. We are at the nine route one on Twitter. I am at Scott from Delco on Twitter. We (laughs) love to interact with the fantasy football public. Again, we do appreciate everybody who likes and listens and subscribes. And for Pat, I am Scott in week 14, and we will catch you next week. Fantasy football playoffs going to be starting soon. We'll get you home. Peace.